Welcome to another bite-sized Bonjour Chai, the It's Not Easy Being Green edition. I'm Avi Feingold in Montreal, and today I'll be talking about the unrest in the Green Party with journalist Jeremy Appel. First, let me remind you that our show is sponsored by Atelier Lou Jewelers in Westmount, Quebec, and online at atelierlou.com. I can never get enough of their selection of watches or jewelry. Whether you're getting your first real watch and are eyeing their great selection of Seikos or a serious collector who comes to them for some really covetable Bremonts, handmade in England, Eric and Asim can find something for any wrist. They are always offering our listeners 10% off online with the code BON18, B-O-N-18. That's BON18 at atelierlou.com. Ever since another round of conflict began in the Middle East, the Canadian Green Party has been rocked by infighting and a leadership crisis. MPs and senior staff have left the party, and the party is on the brink of a no-confidence vote regarding their leader, Annamie Paul. Much of this seems to be related to clearly opposing views on Canadian foreign policy regarding the Middle East. With us to help us make sense of it all is Jeremy Appel, who is a journalist with Sprawl Calgary and hosts both the Big Shiny Takes and Forgotten Corner podcasts on the Harbinger Network. As an addendum, I'd like to add that an hour before speaking with me, Jeremy posted some leaked audio from the Green Party to his Twitter feed. In it, you can hear Annamie Paul defending her actions to frustrated party insiders. We'll play a clip right now, and we'll put a link to the full clip in our show notes. Why, why has it gotten to this point before you've addressed anything with Noah? Why is he being left in these positions and still left as a volunteer on your team when clearly he's causing damage? And for somebody that's supposed to be advising our leader, if you've read the statements he's put out, they're very amateur. It's not anyone with a comms background will look at that, and it it looks childish. Can you speak about that, why it's taken so long to address that? Well, thanks for the question. And and first, just to say, and and I think this is maybe a more general point to make, that um, there there are things that happen that not everyone uh, knows about. Uh, and that is is deliberate. Uh, there there has been a culture, perhaps, in the party of, of of sharing everything all the time, and and people feeling that that's the only way uh, that uh, that you can have uh, transparency. I don't believe that uh, that members immediately have the right to know about what is being done with so and so, and what is being said with so and so, and getting a minute-by-minute minute, uh, update. In terms of, of Noah, Noah is someone, for those of you working in different areas should know, uh, ha- have worked extremely closely uh, with all of our MPs uh, since last since last year, since October. Uh, I would not have uh, said the, the things that were said, um, uh, that were said in the media. I didn't, I wasn't, uh, I, 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 it wasn't orchestrated or anything of, of, of that kind. I think that it's very unfortunate um, that that things transpired the way that they that they did. Uh, it has happened, and uh, Noah is no longer with uh, with uh, with my office. You know, just as I didn't ask for Jenica to step down when she posted uh, what she did on a public site without any um, without any um, warning, without any discussion, um, and uh, in a way that was damaging to the party and also to me personally. I did not ask her to step down. And in some parties, when you do that, that is a a direct um, attack on the authority uh, of the leader.
we're talking with uh, Jeremy Appel, who is a journalist with Sprawl Calgary and hosts both the Big Shiny Takes and the Forgotten Corner podcasts on the Harbinger Network. Um, can you give us a bit of background on this whole uh, Green Party debacle? They seem to be mired in so many different pieces. Can we take a step back and sort of like see where we're at and where we're uh, where we are now? Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for having me, by the way. I, I would say this sort of... Uh, um implosion, for lack of a better term, uh, has its origins in the party's leadership race, which I believe occurred last year. Yeah, about a year ago. Yeah. And so essentially, uh, I mean, there are a ton of candidates, but the two main candidates were Annamie Paul and Dimitri Lascaris. And uh, I think both really represented a very different vision for the future of the party. Paul uh, is looking, I think, more to liberalize the party and sort of uh, have an emphasis on identity politics. Right. Like you hear a lot from her camp about how she's a black Jewish woman and that it's a you know huge accomplishment to have her as the leader of the party, which is true. But uh, on on uh, the last care side, um, he was pushing a much more radical uh, political project. Right. He identified as an eco socialist. Um, he called for things like twenty dollar minimum wage. Uh, but on foreign policy, of course, is, you know, where the locus of the current disagreement is. And uh, he is, uh, I, I think it's safe to call him an anti-imperialist. Uh, he wants can he wants Canada to withdraw from NATO, um, of course, supports boycott, divestments and sanctions against Israel, which I'm sure we'll get into a bit more. Mm -hmm. And um, also wants Canada to stop intervening in Latin America through the Lima Group. Uh, Paul's foreign policy positions, even though she is a uh, uh, she has a PhD, I believe, in international humanitarian law, her foreign policy positions were very muddled, much like the Liberal Party of Canada. I, 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 it's also worth noting that the Green Party has itself endorsed uh, some form of boycott, divestment and sanctions against Israel. There's a big controversy over that in, I believe it was 2016? Possibly. Oh, yeah. But okay. it was several, several years back when the party endorsed BDS and then Elizabeth May uh, sort of asked them to reconsider. And then essentially they reworded it, but they still, um, you know, endorse, at least the party policy still endorses sanctions um, let against uh, Israeli settlements in the West Bank, for example, and um, so, an arms embargo. So it sounds to me as if, you know, the party in an attempt to really become a major party needed to have more than a single platform of, you know, eco consciousness without with or without socialism, whether it's, you know, right wing almost ish, uh, you know, uh, climate changey sort of ideas versus um, the eco socialism that, that was in that is au courant right these days um, and really trying to like widen their platform, try to come up with just about everything that they need to have to be a, to be a party that is to be reckoned with. Um, but that seems to have gotten somewhat muddled. Again, like you said, it's it's unclear what their party is. Some people will say they are purely a BDS party and a Green Party and that's it. Uh, and other people will say, no, that there's there's more to it than that. To, to, to jump ahead, do you see the there's an attempt to make a distinction between anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism within the Green Party. Is it something where, um, you know, the people on the right that are just saying, look, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. The, the, there, there must be rampant anti-Semitism within the Green Party. And anything that's happening now when we're jumping ahead has to be related to the anti-Semitism. Or, or is this something that's relatively new? While, while the Israel thing was there, um, the 
whatever one might call anti-Semitism is relatively new. Well, it's interesting because, you know, uh, in in 2008, the Green Party ran a candidate. And this was before there was any controversy over anti-Semitism or alleged Mm -hmm. anti-Semitism in the Green Party. When when everybody loved (laughs) Jews. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember those days in 2008. It was... uh, distant memory but um no uh they ran a candidate in jasper so rural alberta riding uh by the name of monica schaefer who is in prison in germany for uh promoting holocaust denial along with her brother who i believe lives in germany um now to me that stems from a lack of vetting candidates especially i mean when you're the greens in rural alberta I mean, you, you'll take yeah, anybody. you'll let anyone run for you if they, you know, sign the paper. So I don't I like I, but I do think that it is a reflection of the fact that anti-Semitism is real. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and, but I think it does hammer home the point that anti-Semitism is real, that it needs to be combated. But I don't see it as being confined to um, a particular political party, although I would say that the bulk of violent anti-Semitism is coming from the extreme right, not not the, uh, you know, pro-Palestine left. Yeah. I mean, but is is it a problem specifically within the Green Party? You know, I... It's, it's not like the NDP seems to have a big, I mean, their most recent platform notwithstanding, actually, um, doesn't seem to have a lot of issues with the, the Jewish community at large, right? And everybody seems to be jumping on the, the Greens right now for this perceived anti-Semitism. We'll get to the, to the specifics. I don't necessarily see it there. Other people might. Do you, I don't know. Do you think that that might still be there within the Green Party? Uh, well, I, I, I think that there are fringe elements in the Green Party just because there are. Okay, so it's there. I mean, I I would say it's there on on the edges, but I don't think that there is an anti-Semitism problem unique to the Green Party. Okay. Everything seems to come to a head over the past couple of weeks um, with regards to the conflict in Israel. And um, without getting into what the conflict, uh, you know, because that's many other podcasts and many other interviews, and we can talk about that another time. um, It seems to be that it split the party over what the... Meaning, I don't want to make a value judgment on it right now. It seems to be that the um, the party got split over how to approach what was going on in the Middle East vis-a-vis Canadian foreign policy. The leader and her uh, consigliere, Noah Zatzman, are on one side. Other party members, are other uh, members of parliament, are on the other side. And it almost causes a rift. Noah Zatzman is out for very unclear reasons. Uh, and... Uh, an MP switches sides, right? Jenica Atwin uh, leaves the Green Party over this, you know, this is ridiculous. How could you have this, you know, anti, you know, how, this pro-Zionist leader of this party switches sides to the, to the Liberal Party and then uh, mysteriously or interestingly or surprisingly, miraculously, whatever you're going to call it, recants her anti-Israel position, says she's much more of a moderate. Um, and that's where we stand to about today. Is that a fair... <laughs> Uh, summary of what's happened? Yeah, I mean, it was bizarre uh, watching her um, recant within days. Yeah. Like, just going from, yes, I stand behind what I said, and there are people in the Liberal caucus who agree with me, to, um, yeah, I just, I mean, what I thought her statement was, and you'll perhaps disagree with me on this, was the equivalent of saying all lives matter. It was like, yep, Israelis are dying, Palestinians are dying, um, there's anti-Semitism, there's sure. Islamophobia. What are you going to sure. do? 
Um, it was a very weird statement. I, I'm not. I don't want to judge it right now. No. I think again, it's. I don't want to get into the weeds. I, I. What. What I. What I'm much more curious about, and what really blows my mind, and maybe you can help me shed light on this. Um, and I guess it's a two-parter. First of all, what is the Liberal Party's position vis-a-vis Israel? Uh, what is the Liberal Party uh, position on Israel? <laughs> I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Um, I think it's just the way the way you see it. Well, I think it's entirely. Um, it's not very different from the Conservatives. I'll say that. The only differences I can think of are, um, you know, every year when there's that round of uh, UN General Assembly resolutions that are harshly critical of Israel, Harper Mm -hmm. vote against all of them. Trudeau votes, voted against all of them for a couple years. And then since then has voted against all but one, um, which is a completely anodyne resolution affirming the Palestinian right to self-determination. and, and of course, uh, more uh, concretely, uh, with funding for Palestinian refugees, which was cut off by the Harper conservatives over um, allegations, which I consider to be largely baseless. That's this front for Hamas, um, which is, I think, based on a total misunderstanding of the role UNRWA plays in Palestinian refugee camps. So the liberals, and I would probably consider myself a liberal, are seen as pro-Israel. I, I wouldn't even—I shouldn't get into what my personal votes are. I, I would not even know who I would vote for in the next month or two. It's, it's a very confusing time in Canada. Um, But—and I'm, I'm officially telling you I'm not. But people might call me a liberal. People might call me a centrist. Liberals are seen, generally speaking, as being um, pro-Israel, for lack of a better way of looking at it. Um, and when you join the caucus, you're expected to, you know, toe the party line or something like that. So Atwin's statement on its face seems to, like, make sense, even though it's bizarre to anybody who's known her politics up until now. Yeah, and I, I suspect she came out and said, look, um, I don't regret saying anything. I believe it. And that uh, in the Liberal Party, there's this healthy disagreement we can have over these issues. And that was what prompted the party to say, "Okay, you need to recant now because they don't want to be tarred um, as anti-Israel, even though they're going to be anyways, in my view. And even though there are people within the Liberal Party where there is dissent already. Right. Yeah, I mean, there are. I mean, and we can talk about that in a second. Right. (laughs) What I'm really, really shocked about and I need some help figuring this out is um, why does anybody who considers themselves a right-wing Zionist now totally discount anything that she has said? Is it that they're clearly transparent? Like, she is throwing them like catnip, like a massive, you know, 36-ounce steak, right? Here you go. I am now pro-Israel. Vote for me. I am a liberal. Everything that I said about, you know, uh, BDS, everything that I said about uh, Palestine and the Palestinians, I don't believe it. There's, as you said, all lives matter. Everybody's happy. Um, welcome me into your arms. And they're all like, no, 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 you're still a bad person. right? How is this like, am I right? Like this seems very weird, not just from the left, but from the right that now nobody seems to believe her? Yeah, well, I, I do, uh, to give the right credit, I do uh, share their skepticism of the sincerity of her uh, overnight. Agreed. Concern. The skepticism is totally warranted, but you would think that some form of the Jewish community would go and say, yay, wonderful, we've got another one. Nobody seems to say that. Yeah, I mean, Noah Zatzman, actually. Um, I think it was in the CJN I was reading, or maybe it was the Star. But th- he said, this is great. Yeah. Good for her. She's, she's you know, evolving. And, you know, I've seen other, like, commenters in the CJN lounge be like, 
good, you know, good on her slate queen um, for, mm-hmm. um, you know, backtracking our position. But I, I, I do agree with the right that there something is up, right? You don't just go from being free Palestine to all lives matter in a day without um, someone telling you you have to. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 this is the this is a big question mark, which we'll have to put a pin into and we'll wait and see what our vote of no confidence will say, what the next few weeks will bring up, what what you know, all of this stuff is, you know, up in the air. So let's let's bracket those things. Um, um, And then I guess one big question now is looking at the Green Party then. Right. The entire party seems to be imploding. They cannot seem to handle dissent. What is going on here? Um, I have a take. Uh, I'm curious what you think about this, right? My take is, look, you have this charismatic leader, right, within the Green Party for 10 years, right? You have Elizabeth May. So you have this person who really, you know, governed a party single-handedly, really is fair, uh, seems to be fair and balanced on all sides, really is very much an, uh, an environmental warrior, very pro-Israel, which causes some consternation on other sides and stuff like that. So we'll hold off on those things. Um, but like at the end of the day, she leads the party for a decade. Every, you know, whether you say that she didn't want to let go of the party, whether you say that, you know, it was finally time for her to move and she moved on. But you have this, then you have a, a leadership vacuum into which Annamie Paul steps in. And while so many people are really, really rooting for her, um, she may not have had what it takes to fill these shoes and to lead an already fractured party, that the party was already, you know, not in great shape when she comes in. And the tinder that leads to this, like, entire dumpster fire, if you ask me, just happens to be Israel, right? And something which, as we said, Dimitri Lascaris made a central part of the leadership race. And so what we see here is essentially... Not necessarily, right? There is that anti-Semitism that is there. There's clearly the anti-Israel um, sentiment within the party, um, but it's just a party imploding on some situation that could have been any other number of things. Right? If Anna Paul had a certain issue on native rights and the other side and, and, and her party leaders would have had the same or party members would have had the same issue, same thing would have happened. Right. And it happens to be this. That's why I'm personally tend to discount a little bit the anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism thing, um, although it's still there and I want to acknowledge it and it's real. Um, what's your take on this? Yeah, I will. I, I, as you suggested, I, I do think the Israel-Palestine issue was a major fault line between Anami and sort of the, the newer people she's brought in. And uh, the party itself, which, um, you know, sort of paradoxically voted majority for Annamie Paul. She got 2,000 more votes than Dimitri Lascaris. And um, I think just those those contradictions are um, being heightened. And that is the major fault line. So, I mean, could it have been another issue? I mean, yeah, perhaps. I mean, I, the Greens, what, what's the Green position on nuclear? I, I don't even know. It's like the Liberals' position on Israel, right? Like, <laughs> Who knows what it is? It could be anything any week. Yeah, um, uh, but I mean, it could, you know, it could have been that, um, but it was this. And this happened to be a very big issue that was around before, right? I guess what I'm trying to say is to be really fair, right, to one side, I don't necessarily see the... Um, Right. This wasn't nefarious on the part of the Greens to say, oh, we're going to snap up this moment when, you know, Israel is in turmoil to go and like turn our party apart and to take this leader who we don't necessarily like. And we're going to try to like throw her out. Right. And and you could see this coming um, in hindsight from the when the party passed BDS 
uh, resolution. Elizabeth May said, "Whoa, I don't want to. I, I don't want to be the leader of a party that supports BDS." Of course, I think the discourse on this subject has changed a lot in those years, and I think that support for some sort of sanctions or conditioning of aid to Israel has become an increasingly mainstream position. And so I think so, that— But to be fair, so has the ability for parties to dissent within each other. Look at what happened with the NDP and Jagmeet Singh, right? You have an entire party that votes on a platform and a leader who goes and says, hey, hold on here a second. Are you referring specifically to the— To the Israel, you know, you know— But, but did he say that? I think he said that he wasn't ready to, like, you know, make that an official part of the platform, even though the, the, the people wanted it. Yeah. And I he mean, had to he backtrack was... and he had to discuss. And so clearly there's space for that sort of debate and that discussion. Uh, you know, my my colleague and my co-host on the podcast, uh, Melissa Lansman, does not agree with Aaron O'Toole on many issues. Not many, but on several issues and on key issues. But there's space for dissent within the Conservative Party. There's space for dissent even on Israel, even within the Liberal Party. But it doesn't seem to be able to be managed within the Green Party. Yeah. And um, I think perhaps the, the the division in the Green Party, the really like stark um, difference in perspective from Annemie Paul and many, though not all of her supporters, who I think a lot of them are... Um, losing their interest in her and Dimitri Laskaris. I think that's just such a huge gap because you have this small party that, you know, it's had some gains in the past, uh, you know, since May has been leader, mm -hmm. certainly. I mean, they went from zero seats to three. That's no, that's no easy feat. Um, but it, it becomes point once the charismatic leader steps down, it's like, okay, which way do we go to expand our base? Do we, become an eco-socialist party and try and outflank the NDP on the left? Or do we try and outflank the liberals from the center? And, you know, and I do think Elizabeth May has a lot to blame from this for not addressing these contradictions when mm -hmm. she was leader. Interesting. So um, just to wrap things up, where do you, um, I, I mean, I don't know if you have any insider knowledge that we might not, but where do you think this might be going in the next weeks or two? <laughs> Well, uh, that's a good question. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not a member of the Green Party. Uh, I, I, I mean, I know people who are members of the Green Party who would definitely have more insight into this than I do. But again, it seems like Paul's honeymoon is definitively over. And while it's great that there's a black female Jewish leader of a political party, I think people are like, OK, but what does she stand for? And nobody knows. It's like the, I mean, another way she's like, she, another thing she has in common with the liberals is, I, I mean, did you see her statement? The one that, um, Jenica Atwin, um, criticized on Twitter. It, it, it was, it was like, go on. Yeah. Go it was on. like, <laughs> it was very much in like international lawyer language. Like we need to return to track two negotiations. And it's like, like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. It's, uh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. The, I, I think what you're, we, we, we both seem to be going to is that this, this story is way too bizarre to be speculating right now. There's too many unfolding pieces. Um, there. I, I'm glad that you know. I'm, I'm the one. My listeners will all know. Our listeners will know that. Uh, 
I'm I'm always the one that is skeptical about anti-Semitic claims about claims claims regarding anti-Semitism, and I'm always the one trying to say, well, is it really anti-Semitism? Is it really going on? That? Right? Even separating the anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism, even including them together, I'm always like, is it really? And I'm glad to hear that you, as somebody who has been covering the Green Party for quite a while, is saying, look, and who might who would be easily very sympathetic to the idea that there shouldn't be any, and I'm a Jew, and I'm on the left, or whatever it might be, however you're going to call yourself, that there is that it is a strain there, and it seems to be coming to the fore right now. Um, so, you know, I'm chastened at that. I'm recognizing that that it is in more places where I'm willing to admit and, re- and recognize. Um, and I think uh, we have to see where, where things are going to be going. Thank you again, Jeremy. This has been wonderful. We will hopefully see you again uh, or hear from you, uh, you know, as this thing develops or on other issues of note for our Canadian Jewish listeners. Yeah, thanks so much, Avi. It was great being here. Thank you for listening to Bonjour Chai for Thursday, June 17th. Our producer is Michael Freeman. Technical production is by Andre Goulet. Our music is by SoCalled. We are a project of the Jewish Living Lab and are distributed by the CJN Podcast Network. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a comment and a rating on the platform of your choice and let us know what you think about our discussions on the CJN Lounge on Facebook. I'm Avi Feingold, and we'll see you next time.